The Last Time I Smoked is an independent entertainment podcast intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, Simon. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing great. Welcome to The Last Time I Smoked. Thank I ca- you. I can't say that enough every time somebody comes on. It's like, hey, The Last Time I Smoked. Welcome to The Last Time I... We're doing The Last Time I Smoked. <laughs> well, it's good. It's like, shut your mouth. We get it. I'm here. I got a mic in my hand. <laughs> we get it. It's about weed. <laughs> <laughs> I love weed. That's how we begin. I'm a little, I'm a little uptight because I haven't smoked today. Whoa, so. shall we? Let's do it. The last time I smoked. 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 Welcome to The Last Time I Smoked. I'm your host, Landon Charles Hughes, and today's guest is Simon Gibson. Simon and I have known each other for a little over three years. Actually, I think I knew him for three years, and then I just kept going to his shows, and then I was that weird comedian who keeps following him around town uh, for a little bit, <laughs> because I really like Simon Gibson's work, his uh, character, and no matter if he's bombing or if he's great... It's always an amazing show. It's one of those comedians you have to see before you die sort of thing. And Simon's one of them. Ladies and gentlemen, Simon. All right. So this one's called Kona. I'm usually a Blue Dream guy just because I'm like a baby about it. I just think Blue Dream is such like a nice like two person weed, you know, whereas like other stuff like Gorilla Glue and stuff. It's like work or, you know, writing things or trying to get. Yeah. But I like Kona. It reminds me a little bit of Blue Dream. Yeah. Do you got a favorite? Uh, yeah, you know, there's, uh, I was trying to cut back on, on how much I smoke. So I, I, kind of, I, well, just because I, uh, especially with sativas, they're so, they're so tasty and fun that I would just find myself smoking them all day, no matter what I had going on. So. To counteract that, I I started, you know, just kind of smoking indica. Simon's hilarious at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this Who guy's is- this guy's really uh, talking about nothing <laughs> all the time. Ah, oh, but he's fast at the coffee. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fastest uh, hands in the Southwest. I can't. I used to I, I used to work at Coffee West, Bean yeah. and Tea Leaf, and I f- learned how to use the machine, and you learn, you know, and got really good. And I was like, I didn't realize on where I was working at the the people that I was working with are like world renowned barista uh, baristas. Like they're known for packing it correctly, and like the you know everything is so precise. Have you noticed that? Like how they packed the in the espresso machine, how they put the grinds in. Wait, at Coffee Bean? Yeah, Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf. They yeah, they train me hard. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> and it's so funny because I'll go to like little like coffee joints like at the farmer's market. And it's just some people with the cappuccino machine yeah. and they're doing it all wrong. And I'm like, ah, that, 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 that's it's not going to come out. Oh, fine. <laughs> Whatever. On. I'm paying two bucks. Hold on. <laughs> uh. Get that on the old uh... podcasty. Um. What was I gonna say? Uh, what was I gonna? Uh, what? <laughs> What's happening, bro? Here? Do you mind if she comes out? Oh, not at all. We. I'm watching uh, Aaron Stack, a f- past guest's dog, right now. Oh, really? Her oh, name it's is not Ro- your dog. No, this is Roxanne. Oh. She's a. She's a she's a foster dog right oh, now. Such a little baby. And she's good, and she's potty trained. And like, I think that's key. Is like, I own, I like dogs that are kind of trained and in their ways, because then I can like work with that. Whereas, like, yeah. Don't leave your puppy with me. Are you insane? I'm I'm mean. Your puppy's not gonna like me. Yeah. Ugh. Not in a beating way, but in like a like a I <laughs> treat dogs like I treat like military people. Who's be like, up, shape up, let's go outside potty. So look, she's her ears are already perking up. Yeah. <laughs> but they like it. I think they like a little bit of authority. Dogs need structure. That's what I mean. They need structure. And <laughs> me, I just turn into a crazy person whenever a dog's around. I just. I just start talking like a little boo boo da ba ba ba. I can't help it. It's my favorite animal. Why did dogs choose to hang out with us? That's the weirdest part about dogs. It's like they're they are choosing to do exactly what she's doing. Curl you 
are trying to make me jealous, first of all. She's curled up next to Simon Gibson, like, just all up in it. And I'm like... Pretty much immediately, the connection yeah. has happened. <laughs> Have you always had, like, a good connection with dogs? Because <coughs> I'm not a cat person, and I feel bad, like, that I'm... Uh, when yeah. I say that, because it's not like I... It's like, one, I'm allergic, and two... Oh, yeah, that'll... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But two, it's like, I like them, but... There's, I, I've never built a connection with a cat. I guess. Uh, I was, I was always more of a cat person than mm-hmm. a dog person. But I, you know, I never grew up with like a family dog. Uh, yeah, never had a dog growing up. But I always where are you kinda, from originally? Yeah, uh, Portland. And you didn't have a dog in Portland. I feel like every person has a dog in Portland. Well, now, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I also, you know, I kind of grew up. I I mean, basically, I always lived in apartments growing up. It's harder to keep dogs in apartments. Yeah, yeah. and also, and also, yeah. I mean, I I didn't even have a a cat until I was maybe like ten or something. That's when know, we so. I think we got our first dog was when I was ten, uh, maybe eleven. Yeah, ten or eleven. Yeah, it was like my parents finally grew a pair and was like, all right, we're doing this. <laughs> we're gonna become. Real Americans. Exactly. <laughs> Going to complete this nuclear family circle. <laughs> yeah. The 2.5. Yeah. We are. T- well, I consider 1.5 because it's me and my sister, but I'm gay. So it's like. <laughs> oh, wow. But then she had a, ne- a, a nephew. A self-hating gay man. What a, what, <laughs> no, a, what a nice treat. But we're now at two because <laughs> she had a nephew. She had my nephew. So it's like now we're, I think we're at a two. Yeah. <laughs> Self-effacing gay man. <laughs> Self-hating. I Self-hating. 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 Yeah, yeah. Self-hating, I can, uh, I can work with that. You know what I mean? <coughs> um, oh, man. I love all these. You got a, a nice collection of bobbleheads, I got to be honest. They're the... Um, it's every game, I think... Well, uh, I would say like four-fifths of all the games we've been to. Because there's a few... Like the ones in the boxes, Justin Turner and Jock Peterson. Yeah. I didn't go to those games, but because they're... Uh, we got season tickets. A uh-huh. friend of ours brought them to us. It's sort of like, you get the tickets, but we need the bobblehead. Uh, but most of everything yeah. else, I've been to those games. Yeah. And Dimitri's a Nats fan, so those are his side. And then I'm the uh, Dodger cool. fan. So we got like this. Wait, is he, he's from D.C.? Yeah, he's from Georgetown. Oh, wow. Yeah, cool. and then he went to school in uh, New York. Did you go to college? I went to community college three separate times, I'm proud to say. <laughs> uh, graduated all none of those times. <laughs> I went to three and graduated from film school. <laughs> there you go. That was it. I went to Los Angeles Film School. I was like, I can't do this regular community college. I don't feel like I'm getting what I want out of it. Whereas like film school, I was almost like valedictorian. Like coming from somewhere like where like I suck at school to all of a sudden yeah. exploding on this campus. You yeah. know, just like being this bright light. I was like, I've never been this. Pr-. I don't know if it's because I was getting older or just because I found my niche or my yeah. school you know and maybe you would yeah that's a good i'm gonna make what you just said about me please and uh, please and i feel that same way when i leave la to do comedy other places go on well i just feel like uh la is truly one of the worst cities in the world for sure the country to try and uh, have fun doing stand-up. I, I thought I just should have learned in New York. You know, I always felt like that was... I mean, uh, yeah. I. Is it there? Uh, yeah, what it... There is a separation of audiences between New York stages Even New and York. LA stages. Okay, New York is a big city. Huge, yeah. Uh, you know. But the thing with doing stand-up here i mean this is just my own personal opinion and i i haven't been to every city not even close to do stand-up but in my small sample size of experience and i've i've done you know some shows in new york too uh i've only been out there a couple times but had a blast me too and i always have a good time uh yeah it's great and what i've noticed is that it's because even though new york's a huge city uh, the majority of people that live there work, like, lead normal lives that are not affiliated with the entertainment industry. 
Whereas 90% of, it feels like 90% of the people that live here are in some way involved in the entertainment industry. And that just makes you cynical and spoiled. So does that change your performance then? Are you, is your, is it, since the material doesn't change from coast to coast, is it the attitude maybe that changes or the, just the presentation? (laughs) Well, I think, uh, I think in a lot of other, well, I mean, the ironic thing for the, I mean, is that uh, there's so many amazing shows here. And. But you are not seeing anywhere else, like yeah. really vivid, bright. Yeah. I mean, there's nowhere else where you're going to see, you know, Louis C.K. or Dave Chappelle just drop in. Right. on a show was it chris rock just recently at the chris comedy Le- store for no reason like i mean just because they i mean need he's a comedian it. duh but like yeah i mean for well for no monetary reason. right correct I mean, they're doing it literally for free uh put a pin in that but continue on yes uh so it's like you know uh i was just in portland for two weeks my hometown and you performed and uh you know i i was there for two weeks did i mean Probably two months worth of shows here. And by, I just mean shows, not good shows. It'd probably be like, <laughs> I mean, sometimes all the month, the only good show that I'm on is the one that I produce at Cafecito, oh, you know? And on I'm Saturdays. Like, on, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, at least I'm, I'm going to Mike's so that I can at least have fun on my own show. Because there is no better feeling than bombing on your own show that you produce. Oh, oh God. Just it. It's just, it's fiber rich. <laughs> that bomb. Shitting bricks. Yeah. I'm telling, I used to do a Palms Bar show called Bottoms Up, and we had a bunch of comedians one night come in, and I just kept letting them get up and letting them get up. And this one guy who just like, was kind of a tool bag. It was like, well, when am I up? When am I? I'm like, this first of all was supposed to be a show, not an open mic. But since every comedian showed up, I'm gonna let everybody up. Wow. It was like it was, but that's when I got my turn. I was to introduce him. Yeah. I bombed in front of all these people that I let up and that I, you know, it was just an awful experience. And in the distance, I can see this dude watching me bomb just pissed that he's not up yet. Just like yeah. so angry at me, and I'm just like. Oh, okay. And your next comedian, like yeah. I, I just took the energy. This person's out of it. name? Nope. You don't. Nope. Um, and that's okay with me. Oof. <laughs> I really. But you know what? I feel bad because we did shows a couple of times, and it was growing into like a. But this is my first year out here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who, yeah. Like, I'm getting good. That first year, it's <laughs> it's a learning. It's like, I'm getting better. I should say. I feel like that first year, at least for me was just figuring out how to be around these other people. And then, like, my second year was figuring out how to actually create material. Uh, ooh. I, I mean, feel it, like t- I, it took me maybe longer than others. Oh, no. You say that, but I'm saying that right now to you. I feel like I it's just been forever that now I'm getting into the void or into the, yeah, into the void of, like, anything is possible. Write it all down, Landon. Stop, like kind of uh, take, trying to take too much control over what I'm trying to say and rather be the comedian. Yeah. Uh, it took me a long time to get to even that point of confidence. Like, a, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even, I mean, it's it's something that, uh, you know, comes and goes too. Like, I mean, by the end of, by the end of that trip and. Uh, In the Portland trip. Yeah, the Portland trip, you know, I was like, that last weekend in three days I did I did like eight or nine shows. And like by that last show, I was just like, I can walk and I mean these were like fifteen minute sets to twenty minutes, you know. And by the end of it, that last the last show I was like I had done two other shows. <laughs> Listen to me, Mr. Show over here. <laughs> uh <laughs> who am I uh who am I Bob Odenkirk up here? Mr. Show? Okay, Mister Show. No, what's better, up, Saul? Or uh, better, better call, call Saul. Holy. Anyways, that's uh, it's not a part of this podcast, but it. holy shit, dude! The just the cinematography of that show explains the like 
why that show deserved to be made. Anyways, going back to your like, yeah. So you had like a bunch of that's you deserve. What if those. the rest of this podcast we just talked <laughs> about Better Call Saul? Saul, Saul, Saul. You better get a shawl for Saul. <coughs> I mean, it's just like it's like the darkest of like the law profession and yeah. how like in it you can get. And I'm like, whoa, that's something you always see like white collar or like all these other like yeah. kitsch like uh, funny stakes on the law profession and i'm like no i like a little bit more drama and not cheesy old people drama like uh la law which is brilliant don't get me wrong but we're beyond that now this is like that next step oh i loved la law there i could just jump in in any episode and like all the characters that was like the first i think that was the first show that i ever watched with like maybe my parents and their friends where when i was watching it i was like Oh man, I'm really being treated like an adult right now. Yeah. Like I'm an adult. They're letting me watch ER. Oh yeah, LA that was Law. the big one at our place. Yeah. You know. I'm staying up past ten <laughs> and it's Thursday. Uh <laughs> wait. Oh yeah. So you know, by by the end of that trip. Oh yeah. Like that last that last uh night, the very last show I was on, you know, I'd been like kind of day drinking and you know, I'd done two other shows. I, I showed up and they were like, they're like, okay, you're on after this next guy. And so I wasn't, usually I try to write out a set yeah, for absolutely. each show. Yeah. Even if it's going to be the same exact set list as the previous It's like one. a refresher. It's yeah, like it's a... just to get it fresh. And I didn't do any of that. And I just walked up there and I was, you know, <sighs> I, was, it... I was destroying. And I was like, I can, I am a fucking god. <laughs> And then I, you know, and then I get back to L.A. and the first show that I do, I like I didn't do mediocre. I did good. <laughs> but I, I was like, this would have been the worst show on my whole trip. Whoa. And it's my show. No. <laughs> yes, though. But it, but it was also like I was going from like, you know, pseudo headlining, going up towards the end, doing longer time to having to open up my show but you've even done 30 minutes professionally like filmed and like produced and beautifully shot like you've thank you yeah so i feel like this is definitely to... in line with where you're supposed to be no i i mean i hope so yeah i've been doing it i feel overconfident as... when i leave la i yeah, you're right like i do feel but then it shows because when i was in san francisco <laughs> i was just like these people are gonna love it this is gonna be great i'm so excited i get there I eat shit <laughs> like the biggest dump in front of like um, sacred grounds in front of all these people. And I bumped uh, like these old hippie couple who were going to play music. And I oh, boy. And they sat right in the front and just stared at me with their banjo eyes. And I'm like, oh, guys, I'm so like I, another moment of just like eating it on stage. Like, yeah. And then I get to like Oakland and Sacramento and it's beautiful and it's great. And I'm like, yeah, oh, OK, so it's just. It's whatever, like, I sometimes feel what I'm thinking I'm bringing. I almost feel like I should, like, practice something to say to myself. It's like, hey, be chill, do your job, you know, or something to level me sometimes. Because, yeah, I get really super excited. Yeah. Yeah. Especially after a good show. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I I remember, you know, there was a time that really wasn't that long ago. Because I haven't really... I I think it's a long time, but it's all perspective, you know? Like, maybe I'm close to six years. Is it the paying your dues aspect of that thought process? Like, the time in sort of thing? Uh, I don't know. It shows, like, progression, I guess, in your craft. Yeah. I don't know what... I mean, I don't know what dues are, though. Like, right, because I saw this kid. He was like... 17 his parents brought him to the stage fucking killed i he's, where was this here malo about 2012 2012 huh. he was performing he's 17 years old high school kid comes on stage <laughs> uh, a kid that lived in my apartment building at the time knew him from school and he gets on this stage and all of us all of us that whole room was just totally judgmental about this kid's age off the bat yeah he gets right on that mic and the irony and the understanding and the creativity and the time he took to write this beautiful five minutes that he performed was 
one of the most inspiring shows I've ever seen in my life. Was that like his first time? No, he's actually been around like he's a young, but seeing that and being fresh <laughs> in LA and doing comedy was like a, a sign of like hope for me. I'm like, yeah. if this kid's killing it like this and being this professional, it's like, I learned something from that experience. You know, you got to yeah. drop the attitude land and you got to, you know, whatever I'm doing or whatever I'm thinking that day and get on stage and like make them laugh. <laughs> and that kid, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah was pete davidson <laughs> dude was, i wish was bo burnham <laughs> was some other fucking prodigy piece of shit who's here's where i because <laughs> all right here we no, go no no charles dizzy has a great joke about this like kid comics they're not funny i get yeah. that but but on. i mean so, i mean i think i think both those guys are funny uh i, I mean bo i was about to say like bo burnham because here's my thing, like, if I were to get a cushy, like, re recurring role on, you know, some TV show or, like, a, a staff writing job, okay, you know, where I'm making four times the amount of Living money, wage. Yeah, as I've ever made before, you know? <laughs> I mean, if, like, if... I, like a staff writing job, I think you like start out at like twenty five hundred a week, you know, or some shit. Uh, Mama, I got rent. <laughs> but you're also yeah, you're also worried. Yeah, I could I can afford this studio apartment exactly. Uh, and uh, and you're writing your balls off too. A and you're working really hard. And so here's my thing: if I was on one of those shows, it would be so easy for me. Uh, and I don't think I would, but it it would be very easy for me to just completely stop doing stand up, uh, like stop trying to trying to create an hour because I'm just like you're gonna be working fifty to sixty hours a week. Sure, you're. I mean, I'm tired all the time anyway. <laughs> yeah, you know? and uh, and so I I just have a tremendous amount of like a newfound level of respect for people that are successful with something. I mean, they're known for stand up, but they're, you know, they're supporting themselves by something that is not stand up. Correct. But through comedy, I have, I mean, there's like, I mean, I want someone that I know and I'm going to throw his name out there cause he's a Portland guy, hey but uh, Ian Carmel. I mean, this guy, the amount, cause he's a writer for James Corden. You know, he, uh, like shot a pilot for Comedy Central. I don't know if it got picked up, but like he's so busy, but he's also still out almost every night working on new material. He like just put out an out, you know, a new album. That's fire. And I'm just like, and I mean, it's fucking great. And but I think because he's gotten to that level, it's that natural of a routine now. Whereas people yeah. who are, you know, Working PA like me are trying to find the time afterwards, you know, to get these extra projects done like a podcast or like yeah. uh, like a stand up special oh. or a web series. And like, yeah, I. Um, it's yeah. impressive. I mean, and it's it's tough, though. It is. But you don't think about it, I guess, in the moment. You yeah. Just do it. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you're, you know, it's easy to work all time, all the time, like when you are literally living your dream <laughs> <laughs> who needs to sleep i'm living the dream what mic are you going i'm gonna go to uh probably one of the best i would say uh the other door on Tuesdays. Deep. I'm telling you though, man, all the good all the good rooms and maybe not all of them are good. I don't want to say good, but it's like you get you get more than 3 minutes. Which for me it's like I will go I will go to like maybe two or three uh of those 3 minute open mic sets a week. But it's really more to just like see maybe I see my friends in the community rather than like gaining anything. Oh, you gain three minutes. But also and it's like I have to pay I'm basically paying five dollars yes. to perform. And I just Oh, that goes right back to the thing was like the money thing. Was like yeah. Chris Rock showing up to the comedy store and like not getting paid. Like 
uh, as you get further along in your stand-up career, which, you know, um, by the looks of things are coming up, you know, without a doubt, but what are the next steps in, are we ambassadors for this career train? Are we supposed to start making like ideas, you know, come to fruition, like a set of, I don't know, unwritten guidance in a sense, like, what are the things that we should be putting? I because Chris Rock showing up, I think, is like a form of uh, promoting his career, promoting stand up. Pro- oh, you know what yeah. I mean? And just like being that he knows what that is. Yeah, he's reminding people. I mean, he's for sure working on a new hour, as far as I know. Wow. Uh, but I think it's you know those working on material and also reminding people that you're still around. Right. Because money can't <laughs> money can't buy you being remembered when <laughs> you're gone. <laughs> and I think the comedian's obsession is to be remembered uh I mean everyone's obsession really, but it's like what are you going to be known for after you die? What's your legacy? And so I think, you know, guys Why, did you guys get into are, comedy with the idea of leaving legacy? No, I've I, I don't even have that thought now. <laughs> All I want to do, I would love to put out, uh, you know, I'd love to put out. I'd like to put out. I'd, just I'd that love kind of guy. To get laid, y'all. <laughs> I need to have sex every day. <laughs> At least once. Because it's been a while. I mean, this goatee <laughs> is not doing me any favors. I'll be honest. I have it's to, good looking. I like oh, it. Come on, stop it. You I have to stop. Keep it, I have to keep it until tomorrow. For there's one more scene that we have to shoot. You're making something right right now. Well, I uh, yeah. I mean, just a sketch. But basically, like I'm playing a <laughs> like a uh, a food host. You know, like diners drive-ins and i'm basically playing like a way more ridiculous version of guy fieri you you know so and i was like well i have to have a goatee i can't have a scraggly hipster so you are doing ex uh, ex extracurricular activities outside of job outside of stand-up yeah oh yeah i mean i love i love making uh videos and stuff yeah you worked uh, with melina I did, yeah, on that spec uh, commercial. She was my first guest on this show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She doesn't live here, though, anymore. Kind of. She has a place, but she doesn't. Like, she's figuring it out. Okay. Like, oh, see, she's living her dream, too. But she's Talk about in, another person. In Portland, I think, right? Yeah. yeah. See, that's, yeah. I can't, that's why I want to go up there, too, is see her and, like... You'd, <sighs> you'd have a lot of fun doing comedy up there. I feel like I would. Cameron Esposito did her stand-up special album yeah. up there. and Also, Solomon Giorgio's filming <laughs> his comedy Seattle. special album. In, no, in Portland. Oh. At Mississippi. I mean, he's a Seattle guy. Right, right, right. But he's filming his hour uh, um, in Portland. I just did an open mic class at Maximum Fun Con and, uh, two years ago, and he gave me notes and helped you know gave me and then this year uh three other comedians did the same thing uh hosts of lady to lady the podcast uh Uh, Uh, barb and uh yeah i didn't realize how close in world i was to barb by the way i was like um i just saw you kill it an open bike like destroy and then like i meek landon gets up and like eats it just because i like i get in my head when i see good talent i do i'm like that's oh that how how that (laughs) um but yeah she gave me some of the most wonderful thoughtful notes and i used to be so uptight about people giving me notes about my stand-up but i need that perspective from other comedians i need that sort of it depends on who they are ever gave me fucking notes (laughs) (laughs) no i love barbara yeah Uh, and and, uh, immaculate just really good stuff that i wasn't thinking of just even just flourishing what i already have and not rewriting anything yeah that was what was like I was nervous about is like, oh, you should stop saying, you know, anytime anybody said I did say the R word, though, and I felt bad about it afterwards. R. Ret- return. Oh, <laughs> well, let me tell you, if those retards can't say, OK, no, I'm just so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I had to go there. I'm contrarian. <laughs> Louis said it. I can do it. I'm a white. Mm, yum. Uh <laughs> 
Uh, well, yeah. I mean, you don't want it. So there it is. Like, okay, so are we almost like, you know, people who show, even if it's bad, what the First Amendment right is? Like, you say whatever you want, and to each their own afterwards, you know? Like, we are those people who are, like, using it to its fullest advantage. Because when we bomb, it's probably because we didn't, you know, we were in the wrong attitude, and we yeah. were saying shit we shouldn't be. But we learned from that mistake, or we learned from, not mistake, but that failure, you know, that bomb. Yeah. Um, and it's not a mistake. I think you need to hear yourself be edgy in a sense. You need to hear yourself say these bad things, because then I've grown from <laughs> saying some stupid shit on stage and being more aware of what I'm saying when I'm up there. Is it, it my jokes hitting? Is the punchline right? You know, is the yeah. setup more trying to be more funny than the actual reason I'm saying it sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a balancing act, I guess it is a balance. Yeah. I mean, I, at this point it's, I mean, yeah, there's, I don't mean to put words in your mouth. I was like, it's a balancing. It is a balancing. Act. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Stop telling me what to say. Even <laughs> when I agree with it. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, um, I, at this point, it's like, you know, there's going to be rooms that are harder than others. But, you know, I most of the I mean, sometimes, honestly, I just like don't give a shit. Uh, and it's like I get I need the crowd to like feel juiced uh, to, you know, do my best. And, you know, sometimes if the room is shit and there's like, you know, five people in there and, you know, four of them and you're just like, yeah, and you like two of them. Uh, then it's, and one of them has seen you three times. Yeah, yeah. Tonight, because <laughs> you're riding in the same car together to these mics, your mic buddies. Uh, you know it's hard to do your best, but I think you know on a on a show, a regular show, it's like I can't blame anyone but myself if I do bad. And you know, the other night I was like, my, I was on. Yeah, it was like a, a mixed show slash mic. In um, Reseda, uh, which I've gone to Reseda twice in the last like week and a half, which is more than I've ever been to Reseda, <laughs> uh, just for that sweet, sweet stage time. Uh, and like you know, I I was I was up there and I was like, I mean, I I did good, but I was like, I almost felt like an asshole after because I was kind of being like shitty towards where i was you know and i'm just like who the fuck am i to you know be above anywhere and um it's that's the comedy yeah is that you think because you're saying it because first of all saying it there's gonna be a second which is seeing it but that's the same thing but saying it is just hard and to have that you know ability to say it whatever you're saying out loud through a projection <laughs> to people yeah is uh, a bit of courageousness in that and people recognize that as a level in itself yeah yeah you're right i'm a hero <laughs> no, maybe <laughs> i think so yeah, i think Come so <laughs> rise up riz <laughs> <laughs> he has risen <laughs> he's back uh, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's you're the good time because yeah. you know what like what the world or whatever is you're seeing is you know what you're talking about in a sense. Like I don't know the minutia the minutia of uh, your set. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the pot. <laughs> it might be the pot. Yeah. But if it makes me feel, I feel good. I don't even. I'm but yeah, I get that. Nice yeah. Clear headed. I'm scared to perform uh, in like San Diego. That's because I'm from there originally. Oh, really? And I'm like, oh, I know half my stuff is not in the way they vote. <laughs> but hopefully it'll be seen as, you know, as a loving thing. I'm saying it because this is just my perspective and it has nothing to do with, you know, it's not coming maliciously. I guess yeah. is my, what I'm getting. At. Honestly, I don't know if I've ever really done well in Orange County and south of that. Is that you? Oh yeah. Okay. Like I mean, you know, San Diego's you know south of Orange County, but Baja LA. But it is basically yeah, it is basically uh, it was a very similar vibe at both places, and mm -hmm. and I mean, uh, I, there's this show that I'll do. 
sometimes, and it's in, um, what is it? It's like Costa Mesa, Sunset Bricks. You ever done that show? Not yet. I've seen it. You should message him. Uh-huh. put you on. Woo-woo. You get a free meal mm. and 50% off drinks. That's what I'm talking and about. You only, gotta, you only gotta drive an hour, so there you go. Make it a night. You make it a night. I seriously, I mean, I've had fun there, but I have never done well on that show. That's where we kick the tour off. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> where we start. <laughs> exactly. And then we reverse it <laughs> yeah. and just go go home right next yeah, day. Yeah, ju- just go home. <laughs> we the did same it. night, really. Or we're not staying there. Uh, one time I I was on I was like I was just really not connecting with these sixty year old retired Republican you know beach dwellers Pew. and uh, and my my food came during the middle of my set and the mic cord was really long like this so I just walked over and like started eating my burger. <laughs> While I was still doing my set. And it was, I mean, that moment was, that was the best I'd ever done there. <laughs> and I'd, I've gone, yeah, thank you. I've gone back there too a couple times and just. But like, that's big for you to like take that step and just do it. Cause me, yeah. oh, for, me not, uh, for me to allow my uh, food addiction to really just take over be yeah, part of the performance yeah and i bet you it looks so natural too everyone's like man this guy's fucking good like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <sighs> really I, yeah i think i made people want the food you know <laughs> they're like wow this guy sucks but that burger is a nice it's a good look to it i think that's positive thing though for people to offer comedians something like we said before is like yeah they you don't get nothing you're worthless there you're not yeah you're nothing i never like I, I i held them at such high esteem as a younger guy to where you know i feel bad now it's like i don't want to meet any of my heroes right now oh, yeah. like i'm so happy with who i got to work with and meet so far but i'm done i'm good i'm gonna work on my sets and do my job yeah because yeah. it's i th- i always thought it was a live by example thing sometimes and i just thought all comedy shows were funny to me and i'm always a big laugher just because look at what they're doing period yeah Yeah, but you get yeah but you get good and you start to see what is really like the 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 yeah the formula in a sense that's working on stage like cindy what's her last name cindy alvarez no um artavena artavena yes racist um she is like the last year has just skyrocketed in how her performances go and it's like breathtaking and it's like she does the set list and she shoots and she's over in schoonerville and like be oh i probably saw you that night too we did the same yeah um we did that together she's just somebody who i like seeing progression through like she's one of those like yeah uh yeah. But you got to give the comedians a little something. Like, you got to feed them free drinks, free water, something. Yeah. Like, free water. I can't believe that's a thing. Free <sighs> water. Well, in the next few years, <laughs> oh, water will be more expensive. I was than doing booze. I was doing the open space. Is that right? No, 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 no. Sorry. I love that place. No, the, the improv clubhouse? space. Oh, the in, in uh, Westwood? It, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I brought Dimitri out for that little gig, and we what got in there, and it was just me and him for the first second, and then six college students from UCLA walk in, yeah. sit behind Dimitri, and just berate me from the audience. And they were just like, stop talking, stop whining about it. Trump's going to be a good thing in this country. Stop, ugh, God. And like... UCLA students? Yeah, it was like a bunch of kids, like, just from the neighborhood. And I was just sitting yeah. there, and I was just like... Whoa, this is what Westwood is, huh, kids? All right, I'll see you later. And I've yet to go back, but I, it's like, um, what are they thinking now? Are they growing from that or, or are they just benefiting from it? And it is working out for them. And it's like what they did to me at that stage is what is appropriate to do to other comedians. You know what I mean? Who, yeah. Um, I mean, if I would have known, I would I would have had to have battled so many hecklers when I started. I probably would have never never kept doing it 
because like heckling, well, I mean, that depends, but like heckling was at a certain point and maybe it's just because I've gotten better, but, uh, heckling was like a semi-regular part of like what would happen to me when I would do stand up. I would just, people would start talking shit and I, and I had to like, you know, uh, be quick, be quick on my toes, you know, with the comeback or like, you know, I was always very good at, at not at doing like the passive aggressive thing instead of like, you know, this coming from a guy who looks like, you know, I, I wasn't really good at that, but I was good at like, you know, stroking their ego in like an opposite way in the, in like the thing that made them special. I was good at like destroying that because it's usually some handsome fucking punk or some, you know, hot lady who's, and it's both the same thing. It's like people like that don't understand why someone else is getting attention. Right. Uh, so that's something I always, I mean, I've, I've had some close encounters, uh, you know, where I thought maybe physical violence was going to be. And that's a, com- I mean, not a common thing, but it's not. It's not it, impossible. It happens. It's ha- I've seen the videos. Yeah. So. And it's, it's uh, that, yeah, that's an example of how sensitive people can be with this. Yeah. And that's what, like, I learned that night, too. It's like, man, I wish I had more hecklers throughout my life because I'm a pussy when it comes to hecklers. And oh no, actually, I, got, I think I learned something from that. Like knowing to be aware to be on my feet and not being so confident in that. Because I've never been heckled. Like literally never been heckled. Well, it sounds like that that was heckling. Correct. And that was my first. And if they had, because I've talked to people before on the stage, but I've never thought of it as like a intrusion in any sense. I think my stand up is sometimes can sound like I'm talking to them and it sounds like they need to answer. And I forget that and I allow it to happen. But that time, just because of like what was going on in the world and who I was and who they were in the room and like all of that colliding at that moment right after the, you know. Do you think maybe that was like them being like maybe not even agreeing with what they were saying but just trying to be confrontational and opposite i think that's absolutely i think everybody recognizes that could it be that they were college freshmen taking their first oh yeah uh, yeah because they were in and out a bunch of times too like they were kids like yeah that's why i didn't get mad like i wasn't like angry it was just i was sort of upset at myself that i wasn't able to defend my humor at that moment and it kind of cut me low you know what i mean i'm like wow i'm this is where i'm weak at right now landon you got to learn how to i just want to go on record as saying there's no worse human being than a college freshman (laughs) (laughs) you hear me (laughs) you're terrible uh and everybody knows it but my freshman year you know i was like doing crystal meth so what am i supposed to say (laughs) Who am I talking about? And I'm still not as bad as them. (laughs) Not even close. I could run circles around them. Literally. (laughs) Do you ever bring that into your set? Oh, that used to be my whole, like, half of my, like, 10-minute, like, my showcase set was, like, the joke was, like, I looked so much better when I was doing it, you know? (laughs) Like, a lot of people say it's bad, but, you know, like, I never, I was never thinner. (laughs) I didn't lose enough weight to look sickly. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but I did lose enough weight to, like, look pretty sexy, I thought. I mean, I, I mean, and the whole joke is, like, you know, people would run run into me that hadn't seen me before I, like, kind of really, like, you know, I. How many years? It was off and on, like, from 17 to. Like, 19 is when that whole world kind of, like, blew up, and I just, like, stopped hanging out with all these people, you know? But two years of it, though. Two years off and on. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, in that two years, you know, I probably lost, like, 30 or 40 pounds. uh, And, like, quickly. (laughs) Right. Uh, It'll do it. So, you know, people were just more kind of like, like, oh, wow, you look really great. What have you been doing? (laughs) I'm like, I don't know. Something. A lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of it. And like I used to, you know, I used to be like a whole series, you know. So what got you? Jokes, so what? But, yeah. So over the years, you just. I just kind of outgrew that material. Uh, I just like, you know, I'm. Uh, you know, it wasn't really it didn't feel like something that that was going to be. Uh, a thing that that would ever like get me. I would never really be taken seriously if I only did that kind of material. I think it would have put me in a in a box that was not primed for like success and I didn't and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. And now yeah. people just know me as the guy who sings all of his jokes and that's <laughs> way better for me. <laughs> that's way better for me. I yeah. Cuz nobody's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody sings their jokes like me or hates himself. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I feel the same with uh, weed. I, I I know why I in the past few years why I don't get the shows and why because that it politics even drives our own careers and whether or not we want to talk about something deep like you said south of Orange County it's like the more emotional impactful material that I think I would like to perform uh, for them will not be appreciated by a majority of that community. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I recognize that fact. So I've been moving away from like a lot of my military stuff and moving away from like gay material and trying to like not do any of that and try to make it more middle America. Like I'm married and don't bring up the fact that he's a man as the joke. Bring up the fact of like the details of it. How'd you meet? You know, and I think some places are totally open to that and some places like really clam up and get uncomfortable. And I feel bad, you know, because I'm yeah. like the last person to feel uncomfortable around. I feel, you know. Yeah, I guess maybe I all I would say is like the reason I stopped doing that material was because I just like didn't really believe in it anymore. Uh, and and maybe also with the other factors and like. But I, I think always uh, at this point, it's like I'm trying to write stuff for me. Uh, and even though I stopped doing even though I stopped doing my hot, hot meth material, uh, it's definitely, it was just cause I didn't, I didn't feel like talking about it anymore, you know? So if like, if, if it's a thing where like, you don't want to talk about like, uh, you know, being gay or like that you were in the military and that, you know, you don't appreciate it too much at this point. I mean, like if it's for you, then it's good. But if it's, yeah. If it's not for you, then. Right. And I'm having so much more fun talking about, like, just the film world and creating and, like, how funny it is, how weird we are. And, like, yeah. what a community. We, and it's like, and that, yeah, is a, is a huge division to what I was doing prior. Yeah. Uh, but fun stuff. And, like, <laughs> and yeah, that's what I mean. Like, this, you know, the stuff I do now is, like, I'm, like, really, it's, it's not as inner- it's not as interpersonal and about me as it is about like how I see the world. And that's probably the biggest growth because I feel like everyone, you know, and, and what sucks is that this is kind of like what gets most people on fucking, you know, Conan and like late night TV where they're like, so I'm this, but I look like this and my family's like this, but my name is this. And it's like people are like, oh, that's weird, you know, <laughs> rather than, you know, their their <clears throat> observations or like how how they exist in the world, you know, and their perspective on it. And that <laughs> and I live in a hovel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even though now I'm talking about how, you know, my my dad's a fucking wizard. So like. Uh, but that's great because that's so in the now. Like, yeah, and, and no one. I mean, who else is <laughs> who else is doing their father's a wizard wand maker material? All right. So then, in a sense, you save that more personal stuff for your bigger project. Then for your bigger special, you bring that as sort of a a yeah. lip on it or something. I don't know. It's like a where I came from thing. And pretty much all the stuff from that from that thing that I uh, you know taped last year. Like, I don't do any of that shit anymore for the most part it does it feel good 
I mean, it feels honestly, I truly thought, and this was me being naive and, you know, I'm still naive now in a lot of ways. Cause you know, I'm just cracking the tip of like making a living in this insanely competitive cutthroat industry, uh, where everyone's terrible. Uh, <laughs> even the people closest to you. <laughs> Do you fucking hear me? You know who you are. You betrayed me. Uh, <laughs> yes, you. Not you. You. No, the, the other next to you. <laughs> yeah, you. you. <laughs> uh, but you know, I thought that fucking thing was gonna was gonna change my life. Yeah, and it did not in any way. And it was like, and I was so you know, I God bless those two people that the two producers that like took it took a chance and you know. Got the whole crew together. Uh, and I thought, you know, I thought that that streaming service would like kind of take off and, you know, nobody used it and half the people like couldn't watch it. Uh, and, you know, I was not involved in the editing at all. And like basically they they cut it together way faster than I thought. they. I mean, that's I guess like when you're on a deadline. When your buddy's editing some shit, it's like four years later, and you're like, can you do that 30-second shit that we did? And then, you know, with this, it was like, you know, because I asked them for the raw footage, and they're like, you know, they were going to give me a a terabyte hard drive of, like, unmixed (laughs) shit. I was like, "Uh, nah, it's fine. Good luck. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's like... I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like that represented me. And and I was, uh, you know, I was very depressed about it for a month, probably, you know. And then it's like I just gotten back from doing that festival and like that kind of coincided with that. And then it was this weird thing where I thought I had like all this momentum and then I come back to LA from that festival. And I was basically booked on nothing for that whole summer, like that whole summer. And I, and I had kind of gone from like, you know, maybe two years ago at this point, I was really like, felt like I was ascending very fast Mm -hmm. in the, uh, in like the sort of like alternative comedy scene. And I was this like darling. And then like, I didn't do anything wrong i thought and then all of a sudden i was like not cool anymore and there was this like whole new scene of people that were booking their own shows and and i wasn't i wasn't in that click and i was just like what happened here and you know and and then basically i you know about a year ago i started that you know show at cafecito and i'm not gonna say that that put me but also, I don't know what I, it's such fucking ebbs and flows. Yeah, like, you know, there was one dude. month where I was like, there was one month not even that long ago where I was on so many fucking amazing shows, and I was just like, whoa, this is a trip, man. I'm like, and then and then you know, it's like my my whole July calendar. I'm basically like July's a wash for me right now, and I'm just trying to like book shows in August. Whoa, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm just like. I mean, how am I going to, I know I'm fucking, I could slaughter a good room, a good show, but it's like, are you going to choose me or, you know, fucking Rory Scovel or Kyle Kinane or Maria Bamford? They all want stage time. Yeah. And, uh, but to open for those. Yeah. That'd be pretty epic. Those three people that I named too, uh, all white. <laughs> uh, no, but they are. Uh, <clears throat> they, I mean, they were just the three names that came to my head. But they, and it's because they are all three amazing comics that have never been anything but kind, thoughtful, and like supportive of newer comics. Myself, for sure. Lenny Shelton, Raja Michael. And Tracy Walker have been those are three uh, people of color. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> just to balance it out. Um, same though. <laughs> like, yeah, I just I get a lot of inspiration from like these 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 people, and they just stick in my mind, and I can't get them out. Um, 
uh, not Georgie, but uh, whoever, I forgot the name of the other comedian. Anyways, she had told me, she was like, Landon, you should start listening to more Kyle Kinane because your premises are these, they need to go further. You're stopping. You're like, you're right at the prefaces. And I keep thinking I, I the whole picture has been painted, but apparently yeah. like I'm leaving everyone dry in the end is what she's saying, you know, and I watch, and Dimitri makes fun of me. He's like, have you watched your Kyle Kinane today? <laughs> but like, and he's another one that just yeah. like really drives. If you it watch home. that guy, I mean, that guy fucking, you know, most of his bits are like twelve minutes long. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just like, and that's, you know, that's when, you know, people can actually do an hour, is when you have ten bits that are all over five minutes. You right. Know? And it's like. And that's what's so interesting to me about the scene here is that I see a lot of people, you know, getting good things and good form. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but these people, I could barely watch for more than 10 minutes. And I'm like, you're putting out an album? Like, or you're, it is mind boggling <laughs> to me. And also they've been doing comedy for like four, like five years. You know, it's like, give me a fucking break. It's Nobody, not our cup of tea. It's in somebody and they're brave but whose cup do, of tea is it? It's uh, who's going to fucking listen to blank <laughs> blank for, for 45 minutes to an hour. And most of the time, like. Anytime I see a special on Netflix and it's like 47 minutes, I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this ain't good. And, and there's a, I mean, Netflix, God bless them. I hope I'm actually filming. Uh, so the reason I'm pushing for August to like book a bunch of shows is I'm filming a half an hour uh, towards the end of September. Oof. And so I'm just trying to get, <laughs> trying to get as much. Yeah. Speaking of a guy you can't listen to for fucking two minutes i'll be putting out a half hour you can find it on who gives a shit and i dot com yeah who gives a shit dot net uh god it already exists but that's great but you're at that point where you need that next level thing to give to the next level people to be like this is what i do yeah get me touring and the only well the only reason i'm doing it yeah is i mean touring would be great but it's like i could tour a lot easier so basically filming this half hour and then trying to s pitch that my my manager uh is going to pitch that to you know like the comedy centrals correct because that's i mean basically all those people that have comedy central half hours or like netflix is actually putting out a bunch of half hours uh coming up um, yeah, Rory Scovel just released. I know. His, I'm gonna I'm like, watch. I'm watching. What? It I'm watching. I it just saw him at the Lyric Cafe, like a Lyric uh, Hyperion. Hyperion, Lyric, yeah. Uh, like three months ago. Well, he was running his hour on. He was doing a bunch of shows there, running like prepping for that. I didn't know. Oh, then it's for. gonna be good. From what I saw, I mean, Rory Scovel. It truly is uh, the him, and then. Uh, there's another. Have you ever seen Byron Bowers? Oh yeah, Byron's great. I mean, those those are two guys. Like you don't. That's what I'm saying. It's like some people are putting out stuff, and I'm just like, why? You probably shouldn't. But then like <laughs> those two guys. But whatever. Good for you. You're doing something. <laughs> You're doing something. You're going to make it after, after all. all. Nobody ba -ba 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 -ba. will watch your thing. Bet bet. Do you See think marijuana should be legalized outright? Yes or no? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> what? How? Why? It would make everybody go crazy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, that's, I mean, a, gr a great question there, uh, Landon. And some I want to answer by smoking more weed. Yes, no. really, let me write. Yes, that's. <laughs> yeah, we're going yeah. to lunch after this. I think it should be. I mean, legalized. Uh, be, 
and then uh, you know, you just tax you tax it. You maybe rebuild some of these roads that are, uh, you know, really doing damage to my uncle's car that I've been <laughs> driving around lately. Uh, <laughs> but I what think, is what uh, what does that look like to you? Like, so let's say yes, the well, inevitable happens, yeah. and it's just legal across the country. What next? Like, what do you think the landscape of America will look like by then? What are you What are you hoping for? What are you fearing of? You know, me, I'm always fear, but <laughs> everyone seems to be more uh, optimistic about it. Well, I mean, f- f- I think one of the biggest uh, things that would happen is, um, you know, a company like Philip Morris comes in and creates some sort of monopoly on it. Uh, and makes it, you know, because it's a federal offense to grow your own tobacco. But t- wait, tobacco is not illegal. Exactly. But because, you know, cigarette companies want you buying their cigarettes. I mean, you. I mean, it's like years in jail. What? What? As I, far as I know, I just want to grow my own organic tobacco leaves. That's it. Yeah. Well, too bad. <gasps> by so the sad. by these American spirits. While you're rotting in a federal prison, you piece of shit. Uh Holy crap, I did not know that. I mean, I think it would just, you know, it's just like big business uh taking over and, you know, who's <laughs> that'll be hard to stop no matter what. But. Which is sad because I remember when I was in North Dakota, I was stationed in Grand Forks and we had this PA uh not a production assistant, a uh, physician's assistant. She was a there doctor. Um, wow, industry talk. Oh, great. <laughs> um, she, her husband fell ill from uh, West Nile one year. He recovered and fine. But uh, the harvest, which was okra, still had to be processed and bushelled or whatever you use the you know farm term for like harvesting. Harvesting is the word. Yeah. Um, the community around that farm town did that with her. You know what I mean? And like, it kind of bums me out that, yeah, I think it is becoming automized and uh, autonomized and like computerized. And we're taking the families out of the, you know, we're turning it into corporate entities that are, that are feeding us, you know, and that are giving us whatever, you know, not that tobacco is food, but it just kind of made me kind of cool, kind of sad at the same time because uh, sad because it's that's a dying thing, but cool because I lived in a time where this was, you know, just proper American life was got to help the farm next to you. Yeah. Yeah. What a great, what a great time. Yeah. When you when people helped other people. What a what a weird what a nutso time to be alive. Uh, help thy neighbor. Uh, but California as a whole is turning into like this entity of positivity. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know. I keep seeing the resilience in us, you know, it's like not yeah. resist, resist, but like the legitimacy of like just living it out and waiting for the next election and being wise and like, yeah, being yeah. a little bit more cautious. Try, try not to have a nuclear holocaust, uh, which I'm looking forward to. I guess. Step one: no <laughs> nukes. <laughs> no nukes. Yeah, let's go put Please. those away. Oh well, if we go after uh, NK, they're not going to be happy about that. What are you talking? MK Ultra? No, it- <laughs> the brainwashing uh, thing that's uh, ruined Katy Perry's mind. No, North Korea. Oh, North Korea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't fall into the crazy celebrity stuff. That's wild. Ooh, ooh. Did you see that video? Not yet. I'm scared to see. See, don't meet your hero type of thing. <laughs> but I mean, it's like it's like uh, seeing some, just ah oh, man, the devious shit. That's the other thing <laughs> with the entertainment industry. I'm just like, it is a dark world of most likely vampire pedophiles. Uh, Vampire pedophiles, <laughs> just like the Catholic Church. <laughs> bup, bup, bup. <laughs> but Hallelujah. Probably worse, <laughs> but probably worse. <laughs> well, I wonder because there's no, there's really no, like, yeah. What was the more profitable industry before the Catholic priest scandals? Was it Hollywood or was it the church? Well, Hollywood's kind of old school with that. You know what I mean? But I do think it's the church. It goes way back to like just any sort of like organized anything. 
Yeah. That you find these cracks and these people who are just deviants and they find their way through the system somehow without being detected. And it's upsetting. It fucking sucks. But because it just like ugh, everything, everything I feel for everybody, you know, at the same time. And like, I know that there are bad comedians out there, but there are also like really brilliant ones coming up and things like that. Yeah. I'm yeah. such a pothead. <laughs> Yeah, I don't feel bad for anyone. Uh, in You're not an empathetic person. No, I'm. I'm pretty empathetic towards Ew. myself. Uh, <laughs> You're doing great, Simon. What do you call that when you're empathetic only towards yourself? Oh, psychopath. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, got it. Got it. Got it. grandiosity. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's really working out. <laughs> yeah, it's really going good for me. Uh, thank you. Well, um, we'll smoke this off the air. That's it. I mean, yeah. oh, we're done. Yeah, you oh. answered my question, and uh, I agree with you. I think it should be legalized. And well, I, I just... will say real quick that you know, in my home state of Oregon, and it's uh, upstairs neighbor Washington, it is fully legal for <gasps> recreation. Oh, and their roads are pristine, my friend. <laughs> uh, and also, I think it raised like forty million dollars in tax money in the first year. So it's like. Hello, our it, schools are shutting down here, and our roads are literally, I could sleep in a pothole. Our federal system is kind of failing us right now. Ugh. But yeah, weed kind of gets me out of that funk sometimes, so it's a nice, like, and it doesn't make me wake up with a hangover, you know? Yeah. I don't wake up like, oh, I wish I didn't smoke all that weed. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I wake mean, up like, ugh. I can't Perfect. wait to smoke more I weed. I can't wait to smoke more weed after work today. Yes. <laughs> and before work. And before. If I'm being honest. And lunchtime. <laughs> <laughs> it's just UPS. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love UPS. I just want to give a quick shout out to all you. Boys and girls in brown. Yeah. All you fucking stoners out there. For real. like Leaving my package just outside of my front gate. Thank you. Glad I'm home a lot so I could see it, mm-hmm. get it before the homeless guy picks it up and takes it away. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again. Hey, thanks for having me. This uh, was fun. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, and also with you. I'd like to thank my guest today, Simon Gibson, and I'd like to thank the listeners, of course, for tuning in again. Uh no big news right now. I'm kind of a bore. I'm just reworking a screenplay that I've been working on for a while. Uh, the feature films in post-production, and we'll see where that heads. And Yeah, I'm just sort of enjoying the last bit of my summertime. I hope you guys are too. Hey, don't take this world so seriously. All right, talk to you later. Bye. Theme music by Ron Halperin. Logo design by James Hasey. This has been a production of LandonCharlesHughes.com. Thank you.